Welcome friends. We are your hosts, Sandy and Wade, baby best friends turned husband and wife and business partners. This podcast is for the dreamers, the movers and shakers, and those who seek to attract their dream life. Strap in, getting magnetic in three, two, one. Like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. And then from that point, the universe is going to get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to rise. Super pumped to have Tara Williams on today as our guest on Getting Magnetic. Tara and I actually went to college together and we didn't necessarily know each other then, but we were connected through a mutual friend and like, oh my gosh, we went to the same school. And we're here interviewing Tara today because, you know, we admire her as an entrepreneur, as a female entrepreneur, and she is doing big things in the entrepreneurial and specifically baby space, which as you guys know, we got baby cam and baby cam's five months and we use some of her products. So I'm going to introduce you guys to Tara, and then we'll get into the show. So Tara Williams, she's the founder and CEO of Dreamland Baby. Who's heard of Dreamland Baby? In 2018, when Tara could not find a weighted blanket her six-month-old son could safely wear to help him sleep, she decided to create her own. The result revolutionized the baby sleep industry, the first doctor-approved, evenly-weighted, wearable sleep sack. After an appearance on Shark Tank, Tara's weighted sleep solutions quickly became a new parent must-have. Dreamland products are now available at top retailers, Nordstrom's, Target, Amazon, Babylist, and more, helping hundreds of thousands of babies and their families worldwide get the sleep they need. Parents out there, we know, we know, right? Sleep is huge. And before taking on this entrepreneurial endeavor, Tara spent 10 plus years in the medical device industry in business development, marketing, and sales. She now resides in Danville, California with her husband and four children and adoringly refers to the company as her fifth baby. To learn more about Dreamland Baby, you can visit dreamlandbabyco.com or follow them on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest. We will drop all those in the show notes. But with that said, let's get to the interview. Welcome to the show, Tara Williams. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yes, grateful to have you here. I have to tell like a backstory before we get into like the interview interview, but Tara, Sandy and I got connected through our mutual friend, Haley. Haley and Tara were friends from the thing up north in California and we were connecting and we were talking and we realized like, oh my gosh, Tara and I went to college together at Bentley University back in like Massachusetts, the Boston area. And we were actually using her product, Dreamland Baby product with Cameron, our newborn, or we had one. We had two, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Pink one and a white one. And it was it was just crazy full circle. Like, wow, we have your product. We didn't even know you were the founder. We didn't even know that we actually like knew you or had connections. And it was just a really cool like full circle moment, but excited and happy to have you on here and just really empower your entrepreneurial story, your story, and just like share share with our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So you want me to start with the kind of how it started? Yeah. I think like let's... let's sh- Share with the listeners like your background, your story, um, a little bit about your company for those that don't know and go from there. Sure, sure. So I went to Bentley, um, like Wade, and it is, it's a very entrepreneurial school, which is probably no surprise that you and I both are doing entrepreneurial things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually spent the first 10 years of my career in medical device sales. So, um, bringing new products to market, market development, sales, marketing, all in the medical device space. So very different from, what I'm doing now, but is interesting because it really tied together 
with the safety elements of looking at clinical trials and working with the CPSC and the American Academy of Pediatrics. And we have a medical board now. So I took a lot of those pieces of my previous career um, into Dreamland Baby. But how I actually started the company, um, I have four kids and my oldest three slept reasonably well for what you can expect from newborns. But my fourth was up every hour and a half all the way up to six months old. So if your listeners have kids, they know that is like a newborn and it's horrible. So we had bought everything. We had tried everything, every sleep sack on the market, swaddles, swings, you know, vibrating cribs, truly everything. And as this was my fourth, I didn't want to buy a whole bunch of new gear. So it was particularly frustrating. Um, and then one night I had a heavy throw blanket. It was on my couch. It was just hanging out with my husband, watching TV. And I laid it down on my son, Luke, my non-sleeping son. And he immediately calmed down. And so it was in that moment that I had, you know, when you think of if it was a cartoon, there, there'd be a light bulb above my mm. head. It was the aha moment. Mm-hmm. And I thought he needs a way to blanket. So I raced to my computer, literally raced, and got immediately on Google and didn't see anything that was in a wearable fashion like a sleep sack, if you can imagine that. Um, It was just loose weighted blankets designed for kids and babies. And then I went on to Amazon and same thing. But with my background in medical and safety, I knew we wanted something that they could wear so there would be no risk of suffocation coming on the face. And so I had the idea. It was so clear in my mind exactly what I was looking for. So I called my mother-in-law. She sews. And I told her this idea. And I was in the call totally frantic. She's like, is everything okay? I'm like, no, yes, yes, yes. Just like, can you make this thing? And she's like, I could try, I guess. And so it actually took her about 15 hours to make like all in because it's very complex. Now, Mm -hmm. even at mass manufacturing, like they're, they're very detailed. There's a lot of, um, they're not machine made. There's a lot of hand elements to it. So it took her about two weeks to get it back to us. And then the first night that Luke wore what we were calling a wearable weighted blanket, he slept for 12 hours. Oh, wow. So it was completely transformational, almost too good to be true, where we actually thought this has to be a fluke. And that was the non-sleeper? Luke was the non-sleeper? Okay, got it. He went from waking up every hour and a half for six months to sleeping 12 hours the first night he wore the product. So wow, it, we thought, you know, this is this is almost too good to be true. But then the next day he took about a three-hour nap. Normally he would sleep for like 15, 20-minute naps. And then that night he slept 12 hours again. He just turned four and he has been sleeping through the night with a three-hour nap. And he's a four-year-old still to this day, every single night. So wow. it has, I mean, it completely transformed my life, my family's life. If you can imagine not sleeping or being woken up every hour and a half for six months, like I was a shell of a person. Mm. I was a bad mom, a bad friend, a bad wife. Like I was barely functioning. Mm-hmm. So I love working out and I love like, meeting up with friends and being social. And I truly couldn't do any of it. Like just getting out of bed was the biggest task of the day because I was exhausted. And after using the product and having him sleep for about a week, it was like, I was refreshed. I was myself again. I was going out. Like it was just completely transformational. So that's, that's how it started. And then mm. because it was obviously so dramatic, um, and so profound for us, I thought this, so many other parents are going through this and they don't need to. I was on the side of having three kids who slept again reasonably well. And it was a beautiful experience those first six months. And then having Luke and not sleeping for six months. 
it was like, I remember being angry at my two, three, four month olds. Like mm. I would look at him and be like, just go to sleep. And so it was a dark experience. And I mm-hmm. thought we can, there's so many people that are in this spot that I'm in and they can walk into the light. So that's, that's was the inspiration to start the product. It was just, this can, ha- this helped me change my life. Like let's go change other lives. Wow. I am such a big believer that like your mess can become your message. And like that situation that you were in and like the pain point, like it's now become like, like what you stand for, how you help people. Like, it's just so amazing that like what it has been born into. So I'm so curious, do you still have the original sleep sack that your mother-in-law sewed? Yeah, I do. And honestly, I mean, fundamentally, it's the exact same thing that we sell right now. Ours obviously looks better. It's more professional. It's cleaner. We have, you know, all kinds of ranges of colors now. Um, but yeah, fundamentally, it's the same. Our first prototype is, yeah, we, we I have love still. that. I feel like you guys need to frame it. It's like, yeah, the whole I know frame. in one of those uh, kind of 3D boxes. Yeah, yeah, I've totally thought about that. But Dreamland the print is super ugly. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you go from, okay, this has helped me to like, of course, an idea was born of like, gosh, I could help other people do this. Like, what were your, like, what were you working at the time? Like, was your mindset, like, I'm going to start this multi-million dollar company? Like, how did you go from this helped me to like building what you have now? Yeah. What was your vision in the beginning? Yeah. You know, it, it was actually a super crazy time because my husband was with the same company since college. Um, he did a couple internships there, 14 years. He got laid off the day before Luke was born. And then when I was on maternity leave, I was with a startup and they closed their doors. So within two months, we were both unemployed. I just got the pills all over my body. Yeah. It it was crazy. So it was one of those situations, I think, where I would never advise somebody, you come up with an idea and you go quit your job. Because in full transparency, I did not take a paycheck for two years, even though we were profitable since month one, which is very unusual. Um, but I still, every dollar we made, we put back into the business. Mm-hmm. But I think it was one of those things where it was just, when your back is against the wall, you ha- it's like sink or swim. Mm-hmm. So my husband essentially told me, you have one year to figure this out. And if you can't, then you have, like, we need money. So you you need to go get a job. With the position he was in, we knew he wouldn't get a job for probably six to 12 months. Just he is kind of an unusual position. And so when I first started, he was not supportive at all. In fact, and and I didn't share this for a long time because I feel like it's so cruel, but for any women who are listening and do not have a supportive husband or spouse, my husband used to call the company Wasteland Baby Oh, as in like a waste of time. Mm. And But in an ironic twist, it actually fueled me Mm. to say like, no, I'm going to prove you wrong. And so I sometimes wonder if he had been super supportive at the beginning, would I have just nonchalantly gone along? But I was like, no, I'm going to prove you wrong and I'm going to prove you so wrong so fast. And so it really lit my fire to go all out. So when I first came up with it, it seemed like such an obvious idea. And like I said, I have four kids and at the time I was laid off. So I was home. I was doing pickups, drop-offs, play dates, all the things that stay-at-home moms do. And well, those are the fun parts, right? But Mm -hmm. the point was I was interacting with a lot of other women who had kids. And so I immediately, people were like, what's happening here? Like you were hiding in sunglasses in your car in pajamas and now you're like cute, put together, you have makeup on, you have a pep in your step. And I was like, oh, well, I came up, I, I told everyone I made this product and it's a weighted blanket that Luke can wear. 
And this was 2018. So at the time, not everybody had heard of a weighted blanket. So I would say about half the people were like, it's a, it's a what? What's a weighted blanket? Now I feel like they're very commonplace for non-therapeutic uses, Mm -hmm. but it was definitely earlier on. However, once I explained it, I got basically three responses. One was, that's genius. How does that not already exist? The second, actually, I got four responses. The second was, you can your mother-in-law make one for me, my sister, my cousin, my friend? It was like, absolutely not. Took so long. Um, and the third was, I, you know, when my baby was young, I would stack blankets, I would stack pillows, I would co-sleep. Like, I did everything to try to simulate that weighted, evenly distributed feeling. And then the fourth was actually, you should go on Shark Tank. Like, everyone's like, this is, this is, you're all laid off. You're creating this company. Like, this is a Shark Tank, you know, story. But all of the responses, it was truly a hundred percent of the people were like, this is an amazing idea. And it, it was, it was so obvious. So with that in mind, I thought somebody has to have a patent on this. Like, it's just so obvious. Like there's no way nobody does. So before I did anything, before the dream even grew, I thought it, the dream is shattered before it starts because there, there's just no way. So I went to a patent, um, a patent prosecutor is what they're called. And I said, here's my idea. Like, does the, does anybody have this? And so I paid a lot of money and they did a lot of research and they said, no, nobody has a patent on this. So let's write it up and you got a company. And so from there, then I just started looking at really the basics of, okay, I need to be an LLC. What does that mean? I have to get a permit, a tax. And so I started doing that simultaneously while I looked for manufacturing, while I worked on the safety, while I worked on the design and development. And because I was not working but I have four kids. So I mean, I was definitely Hardest job in the busy. world. <laughs> right. I will go to work any day of the week and stay home because that is truly the hardest job in the world. Mm-hmm. So I was working crazy hours. Like I would get up at five and then, you know, work from five to eight and then I'd spend the day with them. And then my husband also wasn't working. So he was around, um, but he was kind of professionally interviewing, I guess. So basically at five, then he'd let me off and I would work for another three, four, five hours to just try to, um, you know, get it going. So that, that was like the first year and how it started. Wow. And this was just 2018. Like it's, that's so tangible. That's like yesterday. Like it's amazing what, what you've created. I want to unpack a few things in your, your entrepreneurial story, just because I know there's aspiring entrepreneurs out there and entrepreneurs out there first, like the, the product, the idea, the dream, it all started with like Tara's own need. And like, she just created something to help herself. And then the question goes to like, Hmm, if this could help me, could it help other people? And then all of a sudden, you know, she's talking to other moms and she starts basically market testing, right? She starts to see a demand out there. So like oftentimes an, an idea, like a lot of entrepreneur, a lot of companies started with a pain point of the founder of the entrepreneur. But then you see some companies thrive and other companies don't because oftentimes you stay so focused on what you want or like what what the product can be for you and not on the customer and not on the customer. But she like went out and tested the market. Then from there, I love that you brought up because I think on Instagram and everything, entrepreneurship looks so sexy, but it's like, one being profitable from day one is rare, especially you know you know with any startup. And then two, you didn't pay yourself for two years; you kept reinvesting profits. And I think people think I'm going to become an entrepreneur, and then I'm basically going to be on a jet and going to Bali 
and balling yeah. and driving the Tesla and all the things, but it's like, oh no, no. Like you you have an idea and like if you're profitable right away, that's incredible, but you're probably also reinvesting. So I love all these like tidbits into entrepreneurship. And then was it what was it like for you? Because I've been, you know, I had a corporate career and then all of a sudden overnight became an entrepreneur. What was it like for you, like adjusting, adapting into an entrepreneur? Do you feel like you were had the natural inclination or you were born entrepreneur or did you have to like kind of learn what that looked like? Did you have to be like, whoa, I used to show up for my job and now I'm like showing up for myself and no one's holding me accountable. Like what was that transition for you? So for me, it was pretty seamless because I had I had come from a startup. Um, and mm-hmm. even in my corporate roles, I was always in a like a market development. Um, I had one role where it was defined, like these are your customers and this is what to do. But that was my first job right out of college. And so I had been in market development, which is essentially sales, but it's really like, hey, we want you to go sell this product nobody's heard of. There's no customer base. Your your area is California. Like, go figure it out. Yeah. So I think that I'd I'd always been in roles where it was finding the customer, figuring out the customer, understanding the voice of the customer. So for me, it was it was pretty seamless. Hmm. What was I love this? Like people love the the battle stories. What was one of your biggest hurdles or challenges or failures even in in this whole experience? Well, so. You know, I came up with the concept in um, August of 2018, and then I launched a Kickstarter in May of 2019, and then I launched the product on our website in September of 2019. So it was really a full year of, you know, there are a lot of this is a baby product, so there's a lot of safety compliance that goes mm-hmm. into it. Um, but even to bring a product to market in a year is fairly quick, and I think it was because our prototype was so well-defined and Mm -hmm. it worked really well. So as we did market testing, you know, it was, it it was like nine out of 10 people had immediate results within that first night or within a week. You know, one thing I would say at the beginning that was really hard to swallow, um, I paid for samples. So my mother-in-law made my first one, but then I got 10 samples made so I could start doing more testing and they cost $150 each. Mm -hmm. And so it was just, it was $1,500. And you know, at the time, it, that was so much money, and we didn't have any money coming in, so it was it was a um, kind of a scary economic time in my family. And but I remember saying, you know, I have to get buy in from these people, and so I had the ten, and this was before COVID, right? So I gave them out, and then people wouldn't want to give them back, and I'm like, they're like, well, I'll pay you the hundred and fifty, and I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, it took me three months to get those, like. I need it back. Mm. Um, so, cause I had to go to all these seamstresses and I didn't know where to start. And it was just, I was trying to get small batches and nobody would do it. And so it was, it was really difficult to get those samples. And, and then the people who tried him liked him so much, they didn't want to give them back. And so it's like, no, 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 we need these back. So we, we tried it with a whole bunch of people and it was so validating just hearing success story after success story. But I definitely, the, the moment of truth, you know, you have all these friends that support you and they think it's great and they say they would buy it, but will they actually pay for it? Mm-hmm. Right. And so when we did the Kickstarter, that was definitely an early signal. Um, we raised about 25,000. It was an early signal that people really want the product and they will pay for it. And then when I launched the website, I, just assumed there'd be this traction because the Kickstarter was in May and then they were getting the product 
right when I launched the website. So I didn't launch until I had product. Um, and so I thought, oh, they'd get it and they'd love it and they'd tell friends. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't enough momentum because there was about 250, 60 people that bought, but a lot of those people were pregnant. So like they hadn't even used it yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, if you build this, they will come. It's not true. <laughs> like you can have a website, but then you need to do the marketing. So while it felt like all the hard work was done, the invention, the patent, the compliance, the safety, the importing, the manufacturing, at the moment that we launched the website, that was really day one. So, you know, I think sometimes people worry, oh, I don't want to tell people about it because they'll steal my idea. Mm-hmm. I think anybody can come up with an idea, but can you market it? Can you mm-hmm. sell it? Can you have the infrastructure to get it from your garage to the person who's buying it? And that, that is what I believe to be like the, the hard work. Um, so it, that, yeah, that was, that was kind of a, a shocking moment for me where I was like, we're just starting. Like everything I've done for the last two years is like just leading to this moment. We're just starting where it felt like we should have been at the finish line almost. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. So, okay. So the Kickstarter and for anyone that doesn't know, what is a Kickstarter? Yeah. So a Kickstarter is essentially like a pre-order. So you have a web, the website is called Kickstarter and you send out the message to people who want the product. And essentially you say, Hey, I'll give you a really good discount. So I think ours was 40% off and you're going to pre buy this. You're going to pay for it now. And then we're going to go manufacture it. So it's for people that don't have enough money to buy the first batch. So I use that 25,000, which got whittled way down after Kickstarter fees and marketing fees. And, you know, there's a whole bunch mm-hmm. of stuff. So I think it, it came down to maybe like 15,000. So I use that 15,000 to pay for the first order. Hmm. Which one other note about Kickstarter, I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to, you know, and, and the hope is ob- always that it goes viral. Ours did not. But I think people always think it's, you're going to make a ton of money on it and you don't. I mean, if you break even, like that's good. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to lose money on it. Yeah. You're checking the demand. And I, you know, we, I, we resonate with that a lot because I think there's this thought out there. There's this idea like, oh my gosh, if I make a really cool product, everyone's going to want it. But if you make something new, like if you invent a product, especially, you literally have to go create the demand. No one knows about your product. So you can make the, the this killer product, a weighted sleep blanket, or for us, like our 90 day habits brand, we created this new journal for network marketers that wasn't out there. And we felt like it was a great idea. Everyone we talked to was like, this is amazing. Everyone that used it was like, this is amazing. But then Tara's right. Like day one begins like when you start marketing it. And I heard Robert Kiyosaki say this. He's like, you could be the best author in the world. But if you want your book to get out there, you have to be able to market and sell it. It's a best selling author for a reason, not best author. If you write the right. best book ever that could help the whole world, but no one hears about it because you don't know how to market and sell it. Like sales and people and marketing and distribution is such an important skill and role in in every company, but for any individual too. And it makes us appreciate when Sandy and I reflect on, we have a few entrepreneurial endeavors and our 90 Day Habits brand is like Tara's where we're the CEO, the janitor, everything in between. We're starting it, we're shipping it from our living room and that's where it all began. And our network marketing business is like turnkey. And we're like, oh my gosh, we didn't have to do any research and development, legal, create the product, anything. Like we just go distribute it right away or build a distribution network. And so we're so grateful for that. But we're grateful for both endeavors. But I think it's it's really cool. And going back to your story of it really, what I see in entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship and companies that thrive. And when you talk to these different people, 
there's that leap. There's that leap into the unknown that first year, like, or even after the Kickstarter or when you launch the website or you have a year to make it work and your husband's like, no, this isn't going to work. It's a waste of time. It's this leap of faith that God, the universe, higher power, whatever is like waiting to see you be like, hey, you're going to have to take this leap if you really want what's on the other side. And you're not going to know what's going to happen. You're not going to know how it's going to happen, but I need to see you committed and consistent here. And if you do, and you make it to the other side, like you'll see what's on the other end. But I, I, I kind of see that in your story. And it's such a reoccurring theme within, within entrepreneurship. But I want to go back to the, the vision. Like when you were first using this, like, did you have a vision of where it is now? And I, I, we haven't even talked about where it's going or where it's headed, but like guys, Dreamland Baby is huge. Like I know Tara's humble, but like there's a lot of people using and, and getting helped by this product. And it's like an eight figure or going to be an eight figure business. Was that the vision early on or did the vision grow? I remember the first night I used it, I I said, this is going to be a $100 million company. Love it. Because yeah. it's, it, it. it just was so, it was, there's nothing like it. So my, my team, I love my team. There's like such a hype squad, but my director of marketing said, she's like, I don't even think you realize we are revolutionizing the sleep space. And she's like, what we're doing today is what the pacifier did in 1970 or, you know, whenever it came mm-hmm. out. And I was like, you're comparing our product to the invention of the pacifier. I was like, that's big. But, you know, to that note, I would say like get a team that hypes you up mm-hmm. because this person has been in the industry for 30 years. And for her to come with like an analogy like that, it's just like, that's amazing. And she believes it, right? Mm-hmm. Like our whole team. I mean, we just had a call this morning and we're, we're bringing out two new products and we're looking at doing a fourth and I think it's a huge market opportunity. My board doesn't. And they're like, listen, this, like the space you're playing in is a $2 billion space. So keep what you're doing and you can have a $400 million a year. Like not easy because nothing's easy, but you know, it's just, it's like dream big. Why not you? Why not me? Like there's nothing special about me. There's nothing like you know, it just, I just said, this can be a hundred million dollar business. Like, why not? And I think as you, you know, as I started, I was kind of playing in the space, if you will, of people who, you know, were doing a hundred thousand dollars a year. And then it was people doing a million dollars a year. And then it's 10 million and it's 25. And now it's, you know, a hundred million. And so as I talk to more people, I, I'm talking to people who are selling used medical equipment and doing $200 million a year. Somebody is importing dirt literally dirt from Guatemala to the US doing $200 million. So I'm like, there's no, like, I I think we, we get so boxed in, especially women. Um, there's some stats that only 3% of women ever break a million dollars a year in revenue. And that's crazy. Like, why not you? There's no reason. And I totally believe in manifestation and putting out in the universe, God praying, like all those things. And so it's just like, I think it's Rachel Hollis always talks about like, imagine your best life. And she's like, and then go 10 times bigger. Mm. And so I think that's something that, I don't know, maybe it's innate. Like I always just believed in myself and believed I could do anything. My parents definitely instilled that in me. Like they were like, oh, you want to be a professional basketball player and you're 5'7"? Great. Like you can do it. Like <laughs> They just always said, you know, you can be anything, you can do anything. But I, I believe that. And I don't believe it just for myself. I believe for anybody who wants to put in the time, who has a good idea, you don't even need a good idea. I mean, there's people now that just resell stuff and do mm-hmm. millions and millions of dollars. 
But if you believe in yourself and you put the time and the work in, and it is time and work, because I, I, a lot of times I get on podcasts and I, people ask me, oh, you're a mom of four. How do you do it? I have a lot of help, but I also work seven to seven every single day, five days a week. I take the weekends off, but it's, it's like you have to put in the time. And I do believe there will be another side where, you know, as I get a four open hires right now or open positions. And when I get those filled, like I'll be able to work a little bit less, but we're three years in and I'm still working this much. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's definitely, it's, it's like a marathon, Mm -hmm. but you have to be sprinting the whole time. Yes. If you will. (laughs) So good. Um, so walk me through. Okay. So you guys in May of 2019, that's when the product was made. Right. And then by September, the website was live. Is that what it, what you said? Okay. So walk me through. Um, you said there was four responses you got when you first told people about this. And number four was this should be on Shark Tank. Walk me through that journey. And I think that goes back to manifestation. So when I, First, I created a business plan and I had an investment section. And in the investment section, it literally said Shark Tank, $100,000, like Shark Tank investment. And my brother um, is in high school and he was living with me at the time. And then my husband, so we, the three of us would like hang out every night. My brother's a lot younger than me. And so that's when the two of them would call it Wasteland Baby and, and we're really making fun of me. And my husband's in finance and he's like, listen, if you came to me with this deck that that your lead investor is somebody on Shark Tank. And at the time, like I didn't even, I hadn't even applied, right? It was mm-hmm. actually, I think I had applied, but I hadn't heard from anybody. So it was like just mm-hmm. pie in the sky kind of dream. But I was like, no, you guys don't understand. I was like, I will be on that show. Like it's, it, it was so true to me. It was just, it was a fact. Like it was just not if, it was when. Mm-hmm. And so I believe I just manifested that. And then later I found out that 40,000 people apply every season. And so I didn't even realize how great the odds were that I wouldn't be on it. But I just, I just believed it. I was like, I'm going to be on it. And so I did go on the show. Um, and it was, we actually filmed in September so it was three weeks after I had launched the website. I was in in LA filming for Shark Tank. Wow. And so if anyone has seen our episode, they're all very nice to me because there's not a lot to beat me up on because we hadn't really done anything yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it aired in May of 2020. So from the filming to the airing was about six months. And so at that time, we were we were not, I mean, we were a legitimate business. Like we were doing a couple hundred thousand each month, but it was it we weren't where we are. Right. And so that was such a, it was such, it was a defining moment for sure. And it opened so many doors. Like right after that, we got calls from Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's like they wanted to bring us in. And that's when the wholesale landscape, it was just, it was like the sky opened and it was a thunderstorm. Every mm-hmm. retailer after we were in Nordstrom, cause it's kind of like the mark of approval wanted us in their stores. So then that started where that all those doors opened up. And then um, with partnerships, like influencers were interested in working with us and other brands were interested in doing, you know, just things like Instagram giveaways. But I have, I attribute so much of our success to being on Shark Tank. And then the residual of people have it on DVR, it reruns every, you know, six months. And so it was definitely, you know, I always... You could say lucky, but I think it's luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And so I was prepared for it. I manifested it. I dreamed it. I saw it. Like I saw myself walking out those doors every night for a year. Like I just knew I was going to be on the show. And so 
it, that was, you know, again, just it's such a fortunate thing for us and, and really, really helped. Mm. Wow. I love your story. Like, and the power of your mind, like just reiterating that, like, I'd love to know for our listeners, like, what do you do to build your belief? Like, do you have like a routine or like a morning routine or what do you do to, you know, build that belief to prime your mind to be in a space where you continue to believe in yourself and you continue to dream big and go after those things? Like a lot of people I notice struggle with like self-belief and like they might be listening to this story and be like, that's great for her. But like, I could never do that. I know you said like your parents always instilled in you, you could do anything. So a lot of it could just be like, you know, the nature of how you grew up, but like, what do you recommend for someone listening that maybe has this dream and they, there's some sort of gap, they're struggling. Like, what do you do? I, you know, I think I, I do believe that so a lot of it was innate. Like I just always believed I could do anything, but if you wanted to develop that, I think it's, it's something you can develop, but I think it's really just taking a step back and realizing like, why not me? Right. Mm -hmm. And I, and I go back to this notion that, I mean, we hear all the sensationalized stories, you know, Mark Zuckerberg dropped out of Harvard and started Facebook. And you're like, well, I could never get into Harvard. I'm not a coder. I'm Mm -hmm. not like, right. So that I would not have got admitted to Harvard, although that was my dream school. See, I, I think big, but I don't code. I'm not a genius. Right. And so I, I just wanted to find over and over, like, I am just a regular person. Like I'm not Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg or you know, any of these genius people. So anybody can do this. You don't have to have a certain IQ. You don't, you just have to work hard. And, and I would say, um, consistency is key with anything in life. Like you want to have a podcast, you need to film twice a week. Like you want to have an Instagram follower, you need to post every day. And when you stop posting and you stop filming, then like it, and that's where people drop off. Like at one point we were looking uh, to, to find podcasts and I was like, oh, so many of these guests. And then I'm like, oh, the last episode was like six months ago or a year ago. And you they just drop off, right? Mm. So I almost think with some of it is, and I'm looking up because I have this quote in my office and it says, the difference in winning and losing is most often not quitting. Mm. And that's by Walt Disney. And mm. it's just, it's true. Like there were so many times in this journey that I don't ever want to say I almost gave up because I never got to the point where I was like, I almost gave up, but I was teetering on that. And I just, you know, kind of like, there are so many nights I I went into my closet and I cried and I didn't want my husband to see me cry or my kids. And so, oh my gosh, I'm getting kind of emotional, but I, mm. I cried on the floor. Like that first year, we, we actually got sued by a competitor, a big competitor. And I was like, that's it. It's over. Like we can't fight this. So that was like a really um, hard moment, but I thought, if we can get through this and, you know, I, I, I don't think I've talked about this at all, but it, it was very similar to my husband calling it Wasteland Baby, where I was like, if we can get through this, like we can do anything. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes having those, like those roadblocks and those hard situations gives you the self-confidence and it gives you the motivation. It gives you the drive. So I would say for anyone who fails, feels like they have failed before, Use that to inspire yourself and use that to drive you and look at what you tried to do and what the failure was. And I think also know that successful entrepreneurs typically have had a lot of failures before they become successful. Mm -hmm. And going back to Rachel Hollis, because I really love her, she talks about everyone says, you're an overnight success, right? (laughs) She had the book, Girl, Wash Your Face, and everyone said, you're an overnight success. 
But what they didn't see is she had been doing it for 10 years. She had written eight other books that all failed. And so sometimes I think people say like, oh, you know, Dreamline Baby is an overnight success. And for all intents and purposes, we grew really fast. And and I recognize that. And I, I also recognize we have something very, very special and very unique. Um, but again, it's like preparation means opportunity. Like our team is prepared for doors that open and like we're ready, we're ready to grow. And so there's that element. But I attempted to be a blogger, a fashion blogger in 2015. I remember seeing everybody, I read an article about how one blogger had made a million dollars off a single channel. And I was like, I'm going to be a blogger. Why not? Well, I failed at that miserably. And that was my first like forte into my own, I would say, kind of entrepreneurial journey because I went into it with a business mindset. Mm-hmm. If you see people who are successful on social media or, you know, especially lifestyle blogging, like they love photography, they love fashion, they love decorating their house. And I don't particularly, I mean, I like it fine, but it's not a, I'm not particularly talented in any of those arenas. And so I, but, but, but I still committed to it for a year. I nearly got divorced over it because my husband was my photographer. And if he thought this is a waste of time, he really thought that was a waste of time. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I said, listen, just give me one year. Like, and then, and then I even remember the last few months, it was like, clearly this isn't working out. But I was like, I promised myself I'd do it for a year. So like, I'm going to see it through. And so I consecutively posted, I, at the time blogs were popular. So I like wrote the blogs. Um, and I did it for a full year and the whole time it was like swimming upstream and it was just, it was not right for me. And now with Dreamline Baby, I feel like I'm riding a wave. I'm riding a current because I am just in like my genius zone, which is Mm. the business aspect of it, not the creative and like developing the team. Um, but beyond this, I had a whole bunch of other ideas and a lot of them were tech minded or, like something that's like an as seen on TV or it already existed. And I looked into a whole bunch of other things and I surveyed people and everyone's like, "Eh, it's not really a good idea. Um, And I wouldn't necessarily say don't follow. If you truly believe in it, like follow it, even if everyone says it's a bad idea. But it's really helpful when you believe in it and everyone else also thinks it's a good idea. (laughs) So um, it wasn't just that like, oh, one day I woke up and started Dreamland Baby. Like I've worked for two startups. One failed. One got acquired. I like I've kind of been through all of this. So, you know, it's it definitely nothing's an overnight success. And and I, I think you just need to have the confidence. Like if you failed before, use that to fire yourself up and you know, just keep keep going. Don't quit. Totally agree. I love it. So I was literally gonna ask what advice would you give entrepreneurs, but you literally just you read my mind yeah. and you gave all that advice. So that was perfect. So I'm gonna last question here. What is next for Dreamland Baby and Tara? Like what's on the horizon? Yeah. So we just, we we have like, it, it, what, what's really interesting is, especially with the consumer product, you have to think so far ahead. So we're already working on, we have a super exciting partnership that's going to be launching, which I guess I can't tell the details on, but next year. So we're mm-hmm. already working on that. Um, we are releasing pajamas and crib sheets that are coming out soon. They're not weighted, but it, it will kind of round out the line. And we have a bunch of really exciting prints that our customers have been asking for. So those are going to be coming out and it all will match. So you can have like the leopard sleep sack and the pajama and the crib sheet. We have two, we have, oh, in the fall we have coming weighted. Well, I guess they're all weighted, but, um, like a, thicker weight. So it's a 2.5 tog. So it's a winter one, um, which customers have asked for. 
just a whole bunch of new stuff. But I would say everything we do, you know, the customers ask for. Mm -hmm. So we come up with ideas and there's a couple that like I had this idea for, um, and this is where it's saying like, not everything is a good idea. It was this weight. It would be like a weight on the shoulder and then it's a breastfeeding cover. And I thought it was genius because I'm like, it will calm you. You can nurse easier. Baby can latch. And then we started telling customers and they're like, no, I'm not interested in that. Like, I wouldn't really want that. My team was like, I don't really get it. And, you know, and so I got a patent on it. It's, but I actually, I think I let it lapse because we weren't going to do anything with it. But it, you know, it's, so it's like not every idea, idea is a good idea. But so next, lots of new products and global domination. I love it. <laughs> We're just trying to be everywhere. Wow. I'm so proud of you. What does your husband say now? Well, he had a big switch when, Shark Tank said that they wanted us to be on. And he was on the show with me and was was an actor on the show. And then he he left while I did the negotiation part. But uh, he actually got his SAG card, which was crazy. So he, he's like a legit actor now. But he, yeah, he had very, very quickly after he saw the success, he, he actually wants to work for the company now. And I keep telling him, there's no way. Stop. You, there's, there's no open position for you. I love it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You're so amazing. Well, this has been just so inspiring. I love your story. It's just really beautiful to watch like unfold. And I love, Every part of it. And as new parents, like we personally use your product. We love your product. Every time I go to a baby shower or something, I always give it as a gift. Um, And now to put a face to it. And like, I just so believe like people don't come into your life by accident. Like Haley's my best friend and you know, Haley, and we met you through Haley. And I'm like, it's just so cool to like put a face to something that like you're using in your home and a product that you like really believe in that you feel confident enough to like give to a new parent. So I just want to thank you for being the brave soul that like, because the the no sleep newborn life is very, very pain. Like that pain is real. (laughs) And so you diving into that and like finding the energy to actually execute like that is such a beautiful gift that you've given the hundreds world. and thousands, millions of people. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We've loved having you on. So excited to continue to watch your journey and just inspire yeah. us. Where where can we connect with you and Dreamland Baby? Where are the best places? Yeah. So we're we're really active on Instagram. It's Dreamland Baby Co. And then websites dreamlandbabyco.com. We are trying to make TikTok happen. So give us a follow there. <laughs> also Dreamland Baby Co. Um, but you know, we have a chat bot, we have, um, a sleep expert team. So even if you're just need some sleep help, like come on over, we'd be happy to help you guys out and we should get you guys a code. So I don't have one, but maybe you can put it in the show notes. Um, So if you're like a discount code. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Tara. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Look forward to staying connected and thanks for sharing your story. Thanks. Bye. Wow, wow, wow. Incredible, inspiring story, entrepreneurial journey um, from Tara. And it shows, you know, things can happen fast for you if you're intentional about it, if you work for it, if you visually like have a vision for it. And if you have a big service to the world, that's Tara's biggest thing. She was serving and solving a pain point, right? And it's not typical that companies are profitable right away or hit eight figures and going towards nine figures in sales in their first three, four years. But she was able to do that. And it is absolutely incredible. And what's so cool 
is Tara's become a friend of ours. And she offered all you guys, the listeners, a promo code for all the parents out there. I would check out uh, their website, dreamlandbabyco.com. We have a few of the sleep sacks. They are amazing. And she gave us a code magnetic 15 for 15% off your purchase. And that's through June 22. And we'll include the discount link in the show notes. But I hope this was inspiring. And if it was, share this with someone. Share this with someone who has a dream, an idea, a business they want to start, because this will empower them to be like, you know what? I can do this too. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic. Magnetic.